0: Welcome back to the Crystal Night Show brought to you by Newsweek. Today's guest is Amani Wells Onyoha, and she is with Soul Strategies. Today is all about Donald Trump and all of the crazy things he says. Welcome to the show, Amani. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Great. We're excited to have you here. And today we are going to be discussing all things Trump. Former President Donald Trump has been in the news as of recently for a number of different things like Mar-a-Lago, this civil suit Mm -hmm. that has popped up in New York, Um, in Georgia, the um, DA is attempting to potentially... Um, you know, find him at fault for trying to steal votes during the 2020 election cycle. There's also this news surrounding the January 6th insurrection and possibly someone in the White House coordinating with a writer on the actual day of January the 6th so we have a lot of things to talk about today and Imani mm-hmm. it would be helpful if you just open up with us about what is soul strategies what do you guys do and then let's get into this this topic about Trump
1: all right, yeah, let's dive right on in. Um, so, Soul Strategies is a campaign organization, and we come into different campaigns, all on the Democratic ticket only, and we do a lot of the hands on campaign labor. So, we'll do fundraising, we'll do um, door knocking, like coming to people's districts and organizing on the ground where they are. Um, we do press, endorsements, digital, email graphic design, pretty much anything that like a staffer would come in a campaign and do we can do like on a month to month basis and we can do it like all a la carte. So you pretty much just take what you need, leave what you don't. And sometimes that leaves us working like all hands on deck on the campaign. We may be their entire staff. We may just be there doing their graphics. So it just kind of depends. But it is
0: a fun ride, I will say. And share with our listeners exactly what you do at Soul Strategies.
1: Yes. So I am the partner and operations director there. So mostly I talk to all of the candidates and convince them to come work with us. Um, and then the other half of that is just managing our team. We fully unionized um, back in March. So we have a core staff, about 25 employees. We have about 500 field organizers. So, you know, just putting out fires, making sure nothing crazy happens.
0: Great, great, great. Okay, well, thank you for the work that you do for all the Democratic candidates, because we need good operatives and good organizations that can fill gaps on campaigns. So shout out to Soul Strategies and what you guys do. But for today's conversation, we got to talk about former President Donald Trump. He has been in the news about a number of different things, and I'm not sure why anybody would even consider voting for him or the Republican Party would even consider making him the nominee in 2024. So, Amani, at the beginning of this conversation, I mentioned a list of things, you know, criminal and civil proceedings that are taking place surrounding him around Mar-a-Lago, around New York, around Georgia, in January 6th. So there are a couple of angles you can kind of begin to take a stab at this conversation. But can Mm -hmm. you just give me your your opening thoughts about former President Donald Trump and the legal woes that he's having right now?
1: Yeah, Um, I'll start by saying Donald Trump has been a criminal for a long time, y'all. Long before he ever became an elected official. (laughs) and <laughs> in our in our former president, he has been defrauding uh, the American people for many, many years. So this isn't something that's new to him. I think it's something that's almost instinctual into his behavior because he's been getting away with this type of behavior for so long. And I think he's just kind of stunned that people are actually <laughs> trying to file charges against him or investigate him in a major way because his privilege has led him to be able to get away with this stuff for many, many, many decades. So I think he's Just as shocked, or he may be actually the most shocked. I'm not shocked at all, but I think he is actually the one that's shocked that this is even happening to him right now. I totally agree.
0: I think it's funny that one of his favorite taglines is, You're fired. And Mm -hmm. considering what's happening with this civil suit in New York with him and his kids, you know, three Mm -hmm. of his kids, well, I'll say three of his kids at least have been named in the civil suit um, filed by the the state attorney general. And that's something that, you know, we should really just kind of dive into around the fraud. You know, you called him a fraud, but really around the fraud that he has been displaying, not only in businesses, but in schools Mm -hmm. that he's been attempting to allegedly educate people with and through. Let's let's talk about this. This New York civil suit. Um, that you know, state's attorney Leticia James, if I'm not mistaken, I'm saying her name correctly. Mm-hmm. Brought, I think it was last week.
1: Yeah. So the suit is primarily focused on Trump um, manipulating to. St- That's the like the cute way of putting it, but um, his assets and inflating and deflating them depending on what's going to give him the best benefit at the time. Um, Now, if you or myself or anybody else who's just a normal American person would do that, um, baby, we'd be in federal prison uh, for the rest of our life. That is some severe tax fraud. And because of the manipulation that he did with his um, income and assets, he was able to get access to loans and other money and business opportunities that he otherwise wouldn't have had access to had he been honest. Um, So not only did he defraud, you know, people at his university by having this unaccredited school that led people to nowhere and ended up just taking their money with no real um, accreditation or nothing that they can really do with that degree. But he also defrauded, you know, his buddies in the business world and finessed them basically into giving him um, these giant lump sums of money that he's used to build his wealth and ultimately used to support his um, quote billionaire status that led him to the presidency. So it's all like, just like this, ball that's been like rolling down the hill and it's like picking up more gravel and dirt as it goes down and that scheming that he did 20 30 years ago is what led him to be able to be so influential today and that's unfortunate
0: yeah I agree and then you know one of the things you said Imani was finesse and you know at the end of the day we got to give it up you know he has been finessing the American public for a long time. <laughs> but one of the people that he has not been able to finesse is the Fulton County District Attorney in Georgia <laughs> because she has brought charges as well, alleging mm-hmm. that, you know, former President Donald Trump was trying to steal votes. I think we all could remember if we just go back and listen to mm. the tape where he was asking for, you know, a few, a few hundred votes, a few thousand votes um, you know, during the 2020 election, or really post election, because he refuses mm-hmm. to concede that Joe Biden is the rightful president of this country. And many of his supporters yeah. do. And so it's one thing to finesse people in the business realm, mm-hmm. and to finesse your, you know, business partners, and to finesse on taxes and things of that nature, while all are illegal, but Also trying to finesse votes to win an election and steal an election Mm -hmm. and continue with this election denying. That's the thing that really bothers me is that there are so many loyalists who don't believe that Joe Biden is president because Donald Trump has been trying to finesse the system.
1: Mm hmm. It's a scary time that we're living in because it's like watching like the institution of America is literally crumbling before our eyes and everybody's just standing around like duh, duh, duh. like it's just another day. Like we're just talking about the weather or something. And it's like, y'all, if this was anybody else, this would not be. And I don't understand what type of mystifying supernatural powers this man has that makes people just want to like throw away the entire uh, world as we know it today, just in favor of this one man so he can hold on to power, but it's a very strange thing to witness. It's so weird to me, like I really don't understand it. And it's strange to me that there are people on the Republican side who are still like allowing this narrative to continue because even just think of, I am no fan of the Republican child. I can't stand them myself. But even, it's hard for me to even picture this happening 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Like there was a point in time where we disagreed on a lot, but we all were just like, this is a democracy though, at the end of the day. Like that right. wasn't something that was questionable. Right. And so seeing that attitude go from, you know, we both have different ideas on how America should function to one of us believes in the idea of America, and the other one is like, I, I believe in the idea that it's Trump. It's it's a very strange de-evolution of the country. For sure. Right.
0: And, and here's the other thing. The math doesn't math. The math ain't math. No. As, as the young folks say. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't understand how people are really caught up in a, what I call to be a Trump rapture. People are really wrapped mm-hmm. up in this, <laughs> this character of who he is, and He's not on TV on a reality show. This is America. This is a democracy. Yes. And the guardrails of our democracy are slowly withering away the more mm-hmm. and more we continue to give, you know, his his former presidency and his his, his person voice in this country. And the you know the, mm-hmm. the, the, the thing that I love to draw parallels on is people talk about, you know, democracy in this country. The Republicans talk about, you know, Donald Trump being the rightful leader of this country but these are the same (laughs) republicans who have denied that january 6th was a failed coup it was a failed insurrection and so the more and more these hearings take place we're going to see you know further hearings take place we are discovering some of the most vile things that Mm -hmm. happened on january 6th and one of the latest things is just this coordination inside of the white house With a writer, like how can you draw that parallel that, you know, Donald Trump is the rightful president. He's protecting democracy. But you also had an assault on the very institution Mm -hmm. that he is alleging to preserve.
1: Yeah, we're all going to need. Like this entire generation is going to need some of the most dedicated and hardworking therapists in the world, because we are all being gaslit on like a mass scale. And it's just kind of insulting to exist right now, because it's like you just look at the stuff that they're doing. It's like, oh, you really think I'm stupid oh, y'all think I'm dumb and like, I can't see with my own eyes. And it's insulting and it's infuriating because it's like, babe, we can, we can see you. You're not in a cloak. This isn't Harry Potter. I can see what you're doing. You can call it the democracy parade or whatever they want to say. Yeah, it was just a carnival. There were, y'all remember there was clowns juggling. There was confetti. There was a mariachi band. It wasn't an insurrection. guys. we were having a party. There was lasers. It was a DJ, it was a great time. And it's like, they're saying this to us with a straight face and like we're all supposed to just forget it's very strange to me and it's weird that even on the republican side i'm not understanding what they have to gain from this long term or maybe i am understanding it but i would just rather them admit it out of their mouth just say you don't want democracy to exist no more for the love of god just say i would like to have a dictator trump is awesome he's my dictator i don't care I would respect you a little more. Right. I mean, it's still BS, but I would respect you a little more. Right. If
0: they just say, Hey, we want a clown show, then we can all decide to go to the circus. But again, I agree with you. We, you can't tell us that you really care about democracy and you have people scaling the side of the Capitol. You have people peeing on the Capitol. You have people breaking into Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office And just looking through her correspondence as if it's their personal mail in their homes. Like those are things that cannot coexist on the same scale of I want a democracy, I believe in democracy, but also you're having people literally invade, intrude Mm -hmm. all of the descriptors into the very institution and try to stop the counting of the votes that would certify Mm -hmm. the election. I mean, I don't know that people really get like, There's a process that takes place. I mean, even when Mm -hmm. we think about the president recently said or the former president, excuse me, recently (laughs) said that he could just declassify anything. You know, I can just think it and it will be declassified. It's like, what what world (laughs) are we living in? I mean, again, if you want a clown show, just say that (laughs) so we can all sign up for the circus.
1: Yeah, there's a, a a southern phrase that says "tell the truth and shame the devil." Okay, and that's what y'all need to just do. Like, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because Trump is like the the smartest dumb person. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> he's so smart that he does. No, he's
0: he actually he actually knows what he's doing. I mean, he's he knows a, what he's a, he's a character doing. actor, and if you remember. Donald Trump used to support a number of Democrats, a number of Democrats that are actually sitting in office right now. And so we have to remember who this man is and how he is a chameleon and how he's Mm -hmm. able to change and really become this master manipulator, but at the expense of democracy. I mean, that's, that's the thing. That's not funny is that, you know, we can laugh and joke about how wild and crazy and the things that he says, Mm -hmm. but we're talking about a, We're talking about the the American public. We're talking about lives, things that affect our day-to-day lives that Mm -hmm. he is in charge of. And that is the thing that's really sad about all of this. It's it's mystical, yes. But it's also Mm -hmm. like this is a very powerful institution that he Mm -hmm. is attempting to have a reality show with.
1: Yeah. And that's what's that's probably the most interesting part for me, because Trump is... He's the spectacle of it all, but he wouldn't be successful if the people on his party didn't too want this same thing. And so I'm curious as to when the Republican Party became so like fascist friendly. And yeah. that's, and it's like I'm sure that there, there's been nuggets of this throughout history. I'm actually, I know what happened. It was back in the 70s when things started changing, and you know, the Democrats became Republicans, Republicans, and the Democrats, and more people of color, minorities, women, and all those folks were starting to get rights, and that is just not something that that party wanted. So, I think. Um, they have been planting some of these seeds that used to be dog whistles. They used to be just little nuggets that were dropped here and there. Um, And then you had Trump come along in twenty. when he ever started announcing his run back in 2014-15 and then when he eventually came to office in 2016 and he just started saying the quiet parts out loud like he just started going balls to the walls and just saying and doing anything and making a lot of these opinions that were once whispers very loud and emboldened screams Mm -hmm. and that's why it's so easy for the party to just kind of sit back and let this happen because it's what they want as well like I was watching the news earlier and It's so crazy that like some Republican leaders were like mad that Mitch McConnell wanted to do this whole abortion ban thing. And it's like, y'all are mad because of the timing, because y'all are used to doing stuff in secret. (laughs) You're mad because stuff is getting attention. You're not mad that it's happening.
0: That's true. I mean, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, even with what Lindsey Graham has recently tried to reintroduce, Around Roe versus Wade and the abortion mm-hmm. ban with creating a national yes, yes. um, six week ban, you know, it just, it, if all of it feels like there's clearly infighting within the party, mm-hmm. they're not fully mm-hmm. aligned. And so, what does that mean for like the Ron DeSantis of the world? I mean, you mm-hmm. know, you have Mar a Lago and, and the FBI raid, you know, with Trump there, but also you have this Florida governor who mm-hmm. is wildly popular, not just in the state of Florida, but within the party. And so what do you think about a um, Ron DeSantis 2024 ticket, um, considering that former President Donald Trump is continuing to be weakened by some analysis, right? Some mm-hmm. folks would, would say that he's being weakened by all of these scandals. But what do you think about Ron DeSantis?
1: Um. Frankly, I don't think it's going to be much better. Um, Ron is just more savvy than Trump, but he's not any less of a right winger. So I'm interested to see if this whole Trumpism is going to be a phase. If when Ron DeSantis, if if he even wins, because they have to do their primary and it's likely that Trump will still win. But let's say in fairy world, he does win and he becomes... God, hopefully not. But let's say he wins and becomes the president. Will the Republicans go back to their Trumpian nature or will they become like the Republicans that we've known in the past? That's what I'm interested to see. Like how dedicated is the the powers that be on the Republican side to this whole Trumpian language and ideology and persona? Like how much do they care about that?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I always wonder... And I always say this as well. Trump has the Republican Party in a chokehold. I mean, in -hmm. a a legitimate chokehold. He has, Mm -hmm. you know, them by, you know, in his own terms, by the balls. He does. And so (laughs) I just wonder, you know, how all of these things can exist. All of the all of these Mm -hmm. scandals lined up against him and he still enjoy the, you know, numbers that he's able to do polling (laughs) numbers Um, that he's able to do within the party um, just considering how much um, he has taken this party to the right particularly Mm -hmm. with the the MAGA extremist and MAGA Mm -hmm. you know folks in Congress MAGA undercover senators who are unwilling to say it and I think the thing that his presidency, and even just his 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 legacy has continued to highlight is just how people continue to switch. You know, there was mm-hmm. a time when, you know, Kevin McCarthy did not want Marjorie Taylor Greene to serve in Congress. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. And now she's a
0: congresswoman. And so it's kind of mm-hmm. like, they don't even have they don't even have a long memory, because they're mm-hmm. so focused on being in power and being in charge. Yes. And yeah. that is the part that seems to be so dangerous for the country mm-hmm. It's like, are you all really trying to serve the people that put you in office or are you just trying to hold on to the power, the limited power that you have yeah. while you're there?
1: Yeah, they're absolutely just trying to hold on to power. I think that's the entire goal at this point. I haven't heard I have not heard a Republican piece of legislation that did anything positive, like something where a positive outcome would come to their own base, let alone the rest of this country in literally years. Yeah. Years and years and years. They don't put forth any legislation that impacts people's lives in a positive and tangible way. All it is is culture wars and they cling to the next issue that's going to rile up their base and get them to vote. CRT was huge last election cycle. That's all we heard. People living in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. And it's like, CRT is coming to our elementary school. I promise you it's not. I swear to God it's not. Like, But they like to rally these seats these people up and then they'll come out and vote because they're angry about some particular irrelevant thing that they've turned into the boogeyman this election site or not this one because they're scared now because they see that the American people don't like that abortion stuff that they've been talking about but it was abortion and then before that it was a lot of the gay and trans issues so they'll always choose some random issue to get people um excited and get people's hate to come out and rally on that but the last time I literally I'm trying to think of the last time I've heard of any prominent Republican politician pushing forth a big piece of legislation that wasn't a culture thing. That was just, oh, let me do X, Y and Z to help my base. I can't think of one. So that's scary.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, one of the things that the Republican Party does well, if I and I, I have to be honest, is that they they pick a message and they stick to mm-hmm. it. And they repeat it. it over and over again until the ba- their base believes it. And that's something mm-hmm. that I, I desperately wish our party, the Democratic Party, did more of. We, we sometimes tend to be reactors um, mm-hmm. as opposed to getting out. Because I remember when CRT started, we could have gotten out in front mm-hmm. of it with our counter narrative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And instead many of us that are in this space, we just say it's not real. It's not true. Instead of like the real nuts and bolts of how we, you know, infiltrate, you know, the American, you know, education system Mm -hmm. and why talking about the history of this country is important and it is real. And so those Mm -hmm. are just, those are larger big D democratic things that the party Mm -hmm. has to continue to address. But I do think that, you know, Running against a Trump, if it is Joe Biden or if it's another candidate, um, you know, we have to draw the distinction with how Trump has brought so much turmoil to this Mm -hmm. country through his presidency. And so that I mean, literally the few things that we listed today don't even scratch the surface (laughs) of the things that he has done.
1: Yeah, we would need a four and a half hour podcast to talk about (laughs) everything that Trump has done since he's been alive. It actually would probably be like a five part series, 20 hours total. It's a lot. Um, But no, you are making great points. I always that's my main criticism of the Democratic Party. And that's my only um, nugget of acknowledgement for the Republican Party is that they know how to campaign they are strong, strong, strong campaigners. And that's what helps them win because the only way that you can be a party or uh, be so powerful and you haven't made any big progressive legislation in 20, 30 years <laughs> is because you just know how to win races. Um, and that's what our party is really going to have to figure out a way to get the base excited, but also keep them engaged. Like. And give them something that they can tangibly walk away with because we'll see the party when it gets closer to midterms, they get excited and we like, oh, okay, I see y'all, y'all doing a little something, something. And then the midterm comes and then we win and then we don't hear nothing for two years. People are going to get annoyed with that. Yeah, I'm already annoyed with that. Like, So they're going to have to figure out a way to keep that energy and to work the whole time because this, this this state of the world has made everything much more transparent to us all. And we can tell um, an election tactic from something genuine from from either party. So that's what's going to be necessary for us to beat Trump this time around because he's still just as powerful as ever. And there's still a lot of people who, even if he gets indicted and convicted, are going to still vote for him. Absolutely. Well, look, I mean, the, the
0: midterms are in a couple of weeks. And... <laughs> we know that Trump is on the ballot, regardless of you know yeah. him physically being a candidate. Obviously, he's not. But his, his, his rhetoric is on the ballot. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. just from a strategy point, what would you say to any Democrat that's out there running against an extreme MAGA Republican? Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of want to close us in on the midterms yeah. and close us out. What would you say to folks, candidates, either Mm incumbents or people who are running for the first time and they're running against this really, you know, right wing Trump extremism. Mm -hmm. What would you
1: advise them to do? Um, Focus on the specific issues of your district. Don't get caught up in letting them control the narrative by throwing all of these random extremist ideologies and talking points at you because it's irrelevant. If you're running for city council and you got somebody crazy running against you, but you know in your district the stoplights have been going out consecutively for like the past three years. They're faulty and and y'all need to invest more money in the local infrastructure. Then talk about that. Talk about things that are very um specific to your region, your area, where you're running and talk about things that don't align politically necessarily with anything. Like don't get caught up in the party politics of it all, but talk about things that matter to to the people locally and that's what's going to help you win. Because if you let them come in and try to take the conversation away from the district, you're going to lose every time because they They know how to argue. They know how to talk. They have that charisma about it. Don't get caught up in that. Focus on the district. And that's how you win soul strategy
0: strategist Amani Wells Onyoha thank you so much for joining the Crystal Night podcast today and I've totally enjoyed having this conversation about Trump and the Republican Party and just you know where the party is headed right before the midterm elections and so I just want to say thank you and I hope that we can have you back again I hope you enjoy your day yes I would love to thanks for having me I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Crystal Knight Show brought to you by Newsweek. The best way you can support us is to give your five-star review on Apple iTunes and be sure to check out our diverse lineup of over 12 different podcasts and radio programs at newsweek.com forward slash podcast. I'm Crystal Knight. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast to The Crystal Knight Show.